You're listening to Shalise's podcast. Good morning. Very excited to be sharing today's gospel goodness with you. We'll be continuing our Christian contradiction series about how we are new creations, but we're always going to struggle with sin. All right, here we go. Well, Father, I thank you. I thank you for this community of world changers. I thank you for just drawing people to this broadcast today because you want them to be set free. You want them to experience the fullness of everything that Jesus has accomplished for us. And you are serious about it. And so I just thank you, Father, for revelation. I thank you for the truth of the gospel. I thank you that it is the power of salvation. It is the power to set us free. It is the power to make us whole because it causes us to know the truth so that we can live in union with you and we can experience eternal life right now. Heaven is our portion and we have been redeemed from the curse. And Father, it's not enough for us to hear it. It is your will and your desire that we live it. So we just thank you in advance for, excuse me, for today's message. We thank you for every listener. Thank you that this is a word in due season. This is exactly what the listeners need to hear today to live victoriously, Father, to fulfill their destiny and to wake up to the reality of Christ inside of them. And so we just give you praise, we give you honor, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us today. Uh, As I speak, you know what, just speak right through me. I give you uh, all of me this morning, Lord. Just think through my mind, speak through my mouth, and make the message clear and on point and transformative. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, let me get my throat clear here. Goodness. This morning, we are going to jump into the, just right into the the fray of it, because we are going to be talking about the concept of we are sinners. And, you know, I, I, I grew up in church. I know I talked to a lot of you guys, and you've heard this same message for the majority of your life that we are sinners saved by grace. And even though we have been saved by grace for the rest of our lives, we're just going to be struggling with sin. And I really want to challenge that belief system this morning with the gospel. And I'm going to preach the gospel to you today, teach the gospel to you today, possibly from a perspective that you've never heard or that you are going to have, you know, at first be like, what, you know, how can I not be a sinner? I mean, I just sinned today. And so the first thing I want to say is that we cannot judge uh, the truth by our experience. We must judge the truth according to scripture. We must judge the truth according to the gospel. And so I want to hop off in our foundation scripture today. Uh, and I'm going to read it to you in a couple of different versions. Okay. The first place we're going to go is we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And I'll just start in, I was going to go to the New King James Version, just kind of an older translation here. And I'm going to read it to you because here's what it says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation 
old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, in the New King James Version here, it says that if we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Let's go to the Amplified Bible. And in the Amplified Version of the scripture, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature. Create creature. He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. Okay, now I want to go over to the mirror translation. And I, I just really encourage you to download the app on your phone if you have not downloaded uh, Francis Dutrois' Mirror Bible. Uh, you can also get a hard copy of it on Amazon and different places. But I personally like the app because it's always giving you the latest version. In fact, this morning it said to me that, there, that it had been updated. And so 2 Corinthians 5... 17 in the mirror translation really brings out the truth okay and the reason i really like the mirror bible because the whole premise even of the name is that jesus christ is our mirror and scriptures such as as we are as he is so are we in this world uh scriptures that talk about christ in us the hope of glory you know we've been joined to the lord we're one spirit with him we are the temple of the holy spirit uh, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. These are just a few examples of scriptures that talk about our oneness with Jesus. And it's only through an understanding of our oneness with Jesus that we can understand that Jesus is a mirror to us. And it's also through only an understanding of union, really, that we can understand a lot of scripture. So let me read this to you in the Mirror Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, now... In light of your co-inclusion in his death and resurrection, okay, so it's talking about Jesus, whoever you thought you were before, in Christ you are a brand new person. The old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over. Acquaint yourself with the new. Now, I really like this translation because it immediately gives you the reason why we are a new creature. We are a new creation. It's because of our co-inclusion in the work of Jesus on the cross, cross, in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, and his ascension. Okay, we are co-crucified, the Apostle Paul says. We In Romans 6, it says that we've been buried with him, that we've been raised with him, it says in Ephesians 2. And then we actually have even co-ascended with him to the place of greatest honor <clears throat> at the right hand of the Father. And now we are seated in heavenly places with him. And so this concept of co-identification, or as Francois says in this translation, co-inclusion, changes everything about us, okay? We are no longer old, sinful human beings who live in separation with God. In the same way we were co-included in his crucifixion, burial, uh, resurrection, and ascension, we have been included in the nature of God. We are a partaker of God's divine nature. And we do not have a dual nature. We don't have the nature of God living inside of us and then an old human nature, an old sinful, endemic nature 
coexisting <clears throat> within us. No, the old Ad Adamic nature, the sin nature, the old man, as the scripture describes it, was what was crucified with Jesus. And now we have been resurrected in Christ to live in union with Christ. And now we enjoy the divine nature of Christ. And so the sin nature, sin itself, was what was dealt with on the cross. If you keep reading in 2 Corinthians, and you go down to 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21, you know, this is the scripture in the New King James Version that says, um, he was made to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but that's, that's the gist of it. Well, here in the Mirror Bible, listen to what it says. It says, this is the divine exchange. He who knew no sin embraced our distortion. He appeared to be without form. This was the mystery of God's prophetic poetry. He was disguised in our distorted image and marred with our iniquities. He took our sorrows, our pain, and our shame to his grave and birthed his righteousness in us. He took our sins and we became his innocence. And so in this scripture, it talks about this divine exchange that happened on Calvary where Jesus bore our sin, Jesus bore our shame, Jesus bore our punishment, Jesus bore our sickness, so that we could exchange those things with him and live from a place of righteousness, live from a place where we are holy, live from a place where we are blameless, live from a place where we are innocent, not in and of ourselves, but because we are one with him. Okay, and so this union and this co-inclusion and this co-crucifixion and co-burial and co-resurrection and co-ascension now defines us. And our new identity is what this new creation is referring to. We have been resurrected from the dead, even though we haven't died necessarily on the cross with Jesus physically. Most, we weren't even born. But this is the mystery. This is the mystery that the Apostle Paul talks about that has been hidden throughout the ages, but is now being revealed. And the mystery is this. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Now, people want to argue with me with this. They want to say, yes, Shalise, that's great, but we still sin. We're still going to be sinners. And what I want to propose to you today is that we are acting out of the identity that we believe about ourselves. And what we believe is what we experience. And the truth of the matter is, most of us our entire life have been taught that there is something wrong with us. Most of us, if we grew up in church, have definitely been taught that we are a sinner. We're barely going to get into heaven. It's just by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin. And that's really only if we repent of the sins that we committed up to the point that we die. And then we're going to go, you know, to heaven, hopefully. But the truth is that God is not looking at you and I as separate from himself. He does not look at you and I as even having a self that is separate from himself. We are considered by God to be completely reconciled, 
to be accepted in the beloved, it says in Ephesians chapter one. And we now live and move and have our being inside of God. And the only thing that is left to do is to renew our minds to the truth of our new identity. It is our old identity that we are relating to and our wrong programming that is causing us to act out in ways that are sinful. I want you to think about sin as more of like a sin habit, okay? We have been programmed with a sinful identity. And so therefore we simply manifest who we believe we are. And when we preach the gospel to people and we begin to tell people the truth, that sin was conquered on the cross, that sin sin was extracted from your identity, that you are now holy and blameless in God's sight, that he sees you in union with Jesus. Well, guess what? When we believe that, we begin to manifest what we believe about ourselves. The new identity in Christ is what leads us to acting out of a righteous place, a holy place. When we believe that we are innocent because of Jesus, we begin to act like people who are innocent. So this is an identity problem. This is not a sin problem. It is simply an identity issue. You know, I was reading uh, this week, I've been reading out of Ephesians chapter four, and this is a very, very powerful truth in the My- mirror Bible. It's from Ephesians four, verse one, and I just want you to, to um, hear the apostle Paul and the way that he is thinking in the middle of prison. Okay, here is Paul going through a trial, going through a, through a tribulation. Most of us would be completely distraught if we somehow found ourselves in prison. But here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, the fact that I am in prison does not in the least diminish my awareness of my in Christness. I am imprisoned in Christ. Now listen to this. My complete existence is defined and confined in him. Let the detail of your day-to-day life flow from the consciousness of your true identity and worth as it is mirrored in him. And so what I want to point out about this scripture is that nothing could steal Paul's identity. He absolutely identified with Jesus and he calls it his in Christness. In fact, the the, the whole thing that he was thinking about when he was in prison, instead of being depressed and upset that he was in prison, is he was getting a revelation from the fact that he was in prison, that the prison was a picture of how he is imprisoned in Christ. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so he was basically saying that I am aware, no matter where I am, I'm in a, I'm a, I have this awareness in my day-to-day life I am conscious of my true identity. I'm conscious that I'm a new creation. I am conscious that I've been crucified with Christ. I am conscious that I've been co-included with him. If you go read scriptures like Colossians 3.1, it starts out in the Passion Translation by saying, 
Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. And so this co-identification language, this co-included language is all throughout the New Testament. But truthfully, most of us have not spent as much time in the New Testament as we need to. In fact, we spend way too much time relating to Old Testament characters and Old Testament people, or we have memorized these scriptures from the Old Testament, and we really have not been yet rooted and grounded in the gospel truth that there is no such thing as a a self that is independent from Christ. It is the deception of the ages. It is the lie that the God of this world has blinded the minds of people who don't believe the gospel. And guess what? That's not just unbelievers. There are plenty of believers right now who are blinded to the reality of their union with Jesus. They are deceived. And I just am going to say it the truth, the truth, the way it is. Why? How do I know this? Because they're relating to themselves from a false identity. They are relating to themselves out of a lie that they exist apart from Christ. And I've said it many times on my podcasts, and I'll say it again today, that independence from God and having a nature, having a, a self apart from God is the nature of the Antichrist. It is a it is the, the nature of what the Bible refers to as self-righteousness. And the law from the Old Covenant simply strengthened that independence. It caused people to have a stronger relationship with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where they were keeping a record of wrongs and rights and attempting to be good apart from the only good one who is God. So Jesus came to annihilate the separation from God, to annihilate our relationship with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and our relationship with a legalistic way of trying to relate to ourselves and relate to God and trying to be good apart from Christ. The reality of it is, is not only was your sinful nature crucified, but guess what? The good you, (laughs) or the you that was trying to be good, was also crucified with Christ. And so this whole idea of goodness and badness and this knowledge of good and evil and this independent identity that exists separate from God was exactly what Jesus came to annihilate. He came to undo the work of Adam so that we now could live inside of God. Jesus Christ is life. Jesus Christ is truth. Jesus Christ is the resurrection. He is the goodness of God. He is the righteousness of God. He is the perfection of God, the blamelessness of God, the innocence of God. And we now have been grafted in. We now live inside of Jesus and Jesus lives inside of us. And all that is left to do is crucify that old man in our minds. We must renew our minds to the reality of who we are in Christ. And we must resist even the temptation to believe that we are somehow righteous a righteous son that we have been, you know, given the gift of righteousness somehow independent from Jesus, independent from God. I mean, a lot of us can go into 
teachings about our, who we are in Christ, but somehow there's still that splinter of separation. So somehow we're like Jesus, but we're not in Jesus. And the in Christ is what makes us righteous. It's the in Christ that makes us holy. It's the in Christ position, and it's not even just a position. That's not even a good way to think about it. It's an immersion. It's a mixing up of our spirits. We've been joined to the Lord, and now we're one spirit. There's only one God. There's only one baptism. There's only one spirit. There's only one body. If you keep reading in Ephesians 4, you know, in the Old Testament, God would say, our God is one. Well, now oneness is our portion. And yes, it's a mystery. It's a mystery to our, you know, material, uh, you know, focused minds because we don't understand how, it, you know, in our intellect, how multiple things can be one. You know, we've somehow come to terms with the idea that the Trinity is three in one, that there, there, there's three, you know, personal identities. There's three persons, but yet they're one. But yet we haven't come to terms with this in the concept of our own personal identity. And, you know, we, we think about ourselves as the body of Christ, but do we really take that to the extreme of saying, well, a body and a head are one thing? Okay, do we take it to the extent to mean we're the bride of Christ? Well, the bride and the groom, when they're married, become one. It's a picture. Christ in the church is a picture of union. And so this union-based identity is why we no longer have a sin nature. For us to have a sin nature would mean that somehow our union with Jesus brought sin into Christ. And that just is not the case. I mean, God was in Christ reconciling the world, reconciling the cosmos to himself, it says in Colossians chapter 1. And he completely annihilated our old man. We are a new creation that is united with Christ and it is a perpetual union. It is not affected by our own goodness or badness. In fact, that was the very thing that Jesus came to annihilate. It is a finished work. It is a completed fact. And now all that is left to do is repent, <laughs> change our mind, believe the gospel. And I will tell you, when you do that and you start looking at the scriptures through a Christocentric lens, what I mean by that is you start reading every scripture through an understanding of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, then you will no longer be able to read your Bible the same and you will no longer be able to sit under teachings that are that are pretty much speaking to a you that has been crucified. Um, all striving, all religious works, all things that we are doing to try to get in right standing with God or get God to move or receive something from God are a, what do I want to call it? You know, it's it's the gospel that is not the gospel. It's the very gospel that the Apostle Paul came out so strongly against in the book of Galatians. He actually went so far as to say, let anyone who is preaching a gospel other than the one that I'm preaching be accursed. I mean, it was very strong language for this sneaky religious, uh, you know, 
gospel, this mixture that was mixing the crucifixion of Jesus with good works and mixing the old and the new. And there is a completely new wineskin for this gospel. Why? Because there's new wine. It's the wine of the Holy Spirit. It's the wine of the new creation. And we are new creations. We have the Holy Spirit. You know, I've done many, many teachings. I, and I know I've done one podcast, but I've taught a lot on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is simply the immersion of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you know this to be true, that if... If our relationship with God and our, 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 identity, our identity shifted because of our behavior, then we would have this on-off again relationship with the Holy Spirit. But the truth is you can sin and pray in the Spirit and speak in tongues at the same time. Why? Because your old sin nature is simply a program. It is an unrenewed belief system that has taught you a false identity and taught you to behave out of that programming. And truthfully, the, the, the trauma that we have experienced in life, the pain, the disappointment, and the separation from God that is perpetuated in our in our world, in the in in our religious system, in the in, in the world system. It has caused us to believe that we're someone we're not. And so everything hinges on the truth that we are in Christ. We are one with God right now. And if you, you know, I really, again, encourage you to get a copy of the, the, the Mirror Bible because Francis Dutrois does such a beautiful job of translating the original language as it's meant to be translated. We have so much truthful, truthful. This is the truth, guys. We have so much bad theology in our translations. And it's only when you begin to compare translations, again, through an understanding of the gospel, that you start to recognize the theology, how it influenced, how the theology of the translators influenced their translation of the scripture. And I don't mean to you know, alarm you and say, well, you just need to, you know, be careful how you read the Bible. But at the same time, I do want to alarm you and say you need to be careful because this deception of separation from God is rampant. It runs rampant in and it has throughout the history of man. And this is why you look over and over again at people who preached the gospel and you look at people who basically were, were, were announcing the reconciliation of man in Christ as being persecuted, being crucified, being martyred. This is a dangerous message to a self-righteous society. This is a dangerous message to a system that is built on performance and striving and independence from God. And all of those systems, by the way, are demonically controlled. Why? Because when the, the enemy knows that when you get who you are, it's over for him. He is a defeated foe. He has no authority. And we are a new race of sons of God who live in union with Jesus, who are called to do the same works as Jesus and even greater works than Jesus because we live in union with Jesus and we are here to make the planet look like heaven. How? The same way Jesus did 
through union with the Father, through our oneness with the Holy Spirit. We are here to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We are here to operate supernaturally. We are here to connect with the voice of God and the heart of God and the mind of Christ and be God's physical representation here in the earth. I kind of joke, there's a, a lot of teaching I do in Emerge about this idea that we are, you know, that I'm Shalice in a Jesus suit, right? Or I'm also Jesus in a Shalice suit, right? That Jesus is literally wearing our skin. And I get that it's a mystery. And I get that this comes against the religious um, rhetoric of the day. This comes against the programming that we have been taught in church and spoon fed week after week after week. The reality is still the reality. The gospel is still the gospel. And this is the only way scripture really makes sense. This is why there's no condemnation for them in Christ. The reason there's no condemnation is because we're in Christ and there cannot be a guilty verdict for Christ. In Romans 8, it says, who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? Jesus? Jesus is the one who died so that we would be blameless and innocent. Of course, it's not going to be God who's accusing us. It is, it is the accuser of the brethren. It is the spirit of accusation. It is the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is constantly accusing us who have not had our minds renewed to what is wrong with us. And it's always an accusation against an independent self. Okay, there is no accusation that can stand when we are hidden in Christ which is where we are supposed to be. Our life is now hidden inside of God. Our life is now found inside of God himself. If I go to, um, I don't know, I'm talking fast, but I only got a few more minutes. Um, if I go to Colossians chapter three, I referenced this a little bit earlier and I go, I'm gonna go in the Passion Translation for a moment. You can see what I'm talking about here because when we look at Jesus as a mirror, when we start to to understand that as he is, so are we in this world, then we begin to be transformed. We begin to be transfigured. We begin to believe the truth and we begin to manifest the truth. This is the process of transformation that Romans 12, 2 is talking about. This is the process of trans, tra uh, transformation that 1 Corinthians six seventeen is talking about. It's talking about when we behold Jesus, we are transformed from glory to glory. Why? Because we are convinced that as he is, so are we in this world. So in Colossians 3, 1, let me just read it, uh, a few of these scriptures. It says in verse 1, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that is where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. And remember, we sit in him there too. It says verse two, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realms and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. Verse three, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Now listen to this, this truth here. Verse four, and as Christ himself is seen, for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. Okay, then in verse 5, it goes on to say, live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to the desires for forbidden free things. 
including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. So, you know, here's what I want to say. The only the only context that, that this scripture about living a certain way makes sense is if you understand that you're living out of a true identity. Of course, if you're living in union with Jesus, you're going to live as though you're dead. You're dead to sexual impurity. You're dead to sin. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. The sinful you has died. You have died to sin, it says in Romans 6. Your relationship with sin has been severed. Your relationship with this life apart from Christ, your relationship with independence from God has been severed. You have been given a new heart. You have been given his heart. You have been circumcised internally. You are a new creation. So live like it. Live like one who has been reconciled to God. Live like one who is holy and blameless inside of Christ. Live like one who has been united to perfect love. Wake up and be who you are. Be a new creation. Be the righteousness of God in Christ. Why? Not because you're trying, but because it's who you are. And so sin is always an identity issue. It is always coming out of woundedness that was a result of your perception of the things that you've experienced as a independent human being who was living apart from Christ. And the definition of religion is trying to be good. Be good to love yourself. Be good to uh, please God. And then we have all of these same kinds of relationships with others. So we like people when they do good things and we uh, depart from people when they do evil things because we also see others the way that we see ourselves as independent from God that need to try and be good to be accepted and to be uh, blessed by us. <laughs> and so this separation from God not only infects our own identity, it infects the way that we view all of mankind. And if you read the gospel from a perspective of the cross, you realize that what Jesus did on the cross affected not just you, not just I, but all of mankind, past, present, and future. It was a completed, finished work. One man died for all, once and for all, sin was defeated. And now all that is left to do is announce it to the world. You've been reconciled with God. You've been made holy. You've been made blameless. You've been brought into relationship and union with Jesus. Now you are a new creation. And when we believe that, we experience it. We experience salvation because the gospel is the power of salvation. We experience sozo. We experience the life of God as we believe the gospel, but specifically as we believe that we've been united with God and we now live in union with him. This is why the apostle Paul, uh, his sermon at Mars in Athens, announced to unbelievers that we are all children of God and that we all live and move and have our being inside of God. He was announcing the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross to people that had not heard it yet. Okay. 
It's why Peter was up on the rooftop and going into that trance and prayer and God gave him a vision about the unclean animals coming down in a sheet three times and him telling them to rise and eat. And and remember, Peter was just like, God, I've never eaten any any unclean thing. I, I can't eat these animals. But it was a metaphor. It was an analogy for the work of Jesus because God said to him, do not call unclean what I have cleansed. And this is a metaphor for the Gentiles. It was a metaphor for people that up until that time had not been included in the covenant with God. And so Peter was saying, don't call people that have not heard the gospel unclean. I mean, this is why in the book of Acts, they could just share the gospel, begin to preach what Jesus had accomplished, and the Holy Spirit would follow on them while they were still praying. I mean, while he was, they were still ta- talking and still preaching. There wasn't an altar call. There wasn't a, a you know, prayer that people said. It was simply a belief that shifted. It was an awakening to the reality of what God has done. And so... As we wrap today, I just want you to uh, really consider the things that I am sharing today. I encourage you to go and read these scriptures yourself. I encourage you to listen to this podcast again and consider that the old you was crucified with Jesus, that the old you was buried with Jesus. He was your old you was raised with him. Your the old you was ascended, ascended with Jesus, and the old you. The old you was gone, so it's the new you. Sorry, the new the old you was died and buried, and the new you came up in the resurrection. The new creation was propagated in you, and you now have ascended. You've sat down in Christ in the heavenly places, and now you have access to heaven. You have access to the mind of God. You have access to all that God is, which is why it doesn't make sense for you not to hear God. You live inside of God. And in the same way you can hear your own thoughts, you can hear God. In fact, union is where you meld to such a degree that your hearts and your minds become one. And mind renewal is simply the process of believing the gospel, repenting and believing that heaven is here. It's now, it's within, that heaven invaded the earth through Jesus Christ, and now it is a right now reality that the universe, that all of creation is now moaning and groaning for you to manifest sonship, which is oneness with God. Why? So that we can walk out the, the dominion and the lordship of Jesus Christ in the earth so that we can uh, be a part of the kingdom expansion project that is underway right now, so that we can be a part of of the Father's business and we we have a purpose and we have an assignment that each of us has a part to play. Each of us is a unique expression of the glory of God. We are the inheritance of God. The glory of God is the inheritance that is in the saints. And you manifesting the glory of Christ that is within you and uniquely is going to be expressed through you is a strategic part of God being glorified in the planet. This is why Jesus at the end of his life in John 17, 3 and 4 said, Father, I have glorified you here on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. 
And the truth is Jesus could have never finished his assignment, would have never even known his assignment if he did not understand who he was, that he did not, if he had not understood that he was a son of God, that he lived in oneness with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. He didn't, even Jesus did not identify with, you know, Mary and Joseph. He did not identify uh, with his natural family as his identity. He he was the son of God. He was a, 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 a man who lived, he was the incarnate word of God, who was God manifested in human form. He was the only begotten son of God, but he was also the firstborn among many brethren. And beloved, as we learn who we are in Christ, then and only then, as we get into union with God and we begin to detox from separation and from all of the religious junk that we have been taught, then and only then can we really discover our true potential, can we discover our purpose, because our purpose requires the potential of Christ in us. The works that we are called to do are supernatural works that the Father wants to do through us. They are not of human origin. They are, they are not um, our personal ideas. It is God's agenda, and we are simply yielded vessels, carriers of the kingdom, carriers of Jesus Christ, carriers of the presence of God, who release the fragrance of Christ everywhere we go and do the same works as Jesus, healing the sick, preaching the gospel, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, and being an expression of perfect love and unconditional love and acceptance and drawing men to Jesus Christ through the manifestation of Christ in us. And so I share this to say because so many of us here in the Path to Purpose group are, are confused about our purpose, are stuck living a life that is less than the one that Jesus died for us to experience. And we are not connected to purpose primarily because we're not connected to our true identity. And if we are going to fulfill our destiny, we're going to have to do it as a son of God. We're going to have to do it honestly by getting out of the way so that the father can work through us and he can accomplish our agenda. In fact, this is the very reason that the Holy Spirit created Emerge. It's the whole foundation of all of the work that we do here at Rethink. It's that we are here to transfigure the body of Christ. We are here to get the body of Christ and those who have yet to even know the gospel into union with God so that they can live and a life that is worthy of their calling, a life that is worthy of their calling to live in union with Jesus. Sin is not a problem for a new creature who knows who they are. Uh, when you learn who you are, the things that are not like Christ will fall off automatically. We don't have to fight with sin any more than the light has to fight with darkness. The truth that we know just sets us free. It sets us free to live from a place of righteousness, to live from a place of union. And now we can be an expression of God in the earth. We can get out of the business of sin consciousness. We can get out of the business of being self-conscious having a shame-based identity, having a broken uh, self-concept, a distorted image of ourselves, and we can stand up in who we are in Christ and live out of a place of peace and joy, not based on 
who we are or what we've done. It's based on the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel will absolutely transform your life and cause you to wake up every day so grateful, so thankful for what Jesus has done for you. You will know that you're loved. You will know that you're accepted because you're in Christ. And you will change the way that you relate to yourself and you will be you will be completely in love with other people because you will begin to see that Jesus is in them too. This is why Jesus said, when you visit the prisoners, when you visit the worst of the worst, you're visiting me. When you feed the poor, when you do anything to the least of of people, that you're doing that to me. Why? Because he identifies. He identifies with every human being because they were identified in him on the cross. There are no outsiders. There are only those who are alienated from God in their minds, it says in Colossians. They are separated from God in their minds. And beloved, the truth of the matter is, is there is as many people separated from God in the church as there are outside the church. And the gospel is the solution for it all because in Christ, there's neither male, there's neither female, there's never, there's no race, there's no, there's no, there's none of that. It's just one new man. It's one new creation. It's reconciled mankind inside of Christ. The war is over. Strife no longer exists and it's peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Why? Because we are chosen. We've been chosen before the foundation of the world, it says in Ephesians 1, to be holy and blameless in his sight. We have been reconciled to God and now it's time to believe it. It's time to repent, believe the gospel, and manifest Christ within us and fulfill our purpose, get clear on who we are, get clear on our destiny, and begin to actually pursue the things of God, the agenda of God, the heavenly uh, reality that is within us and all around us and begin to see it manifest. See it manifest through our lives, see it manifest in people that don't know the truth, don't know what we know, and we are the solution. And the gospel comes with proof. It comes with signs and wonders. When we, when we live out of this identity, uh, signs and wonders just happen. Because why? Jesus is now manifesting. Jesus is manifesting. This is when, why the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians that when I was among you, I just, I just was determined to know nothing but Christ crucified because I did not want my message to come across with the wisdom of men, but with the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God, in fact, is the gospel. So I'm out of time. Goodness knows I could just keep on going for days because this is the truth. This is the good news of the gospel. And this is who you are. You are not a sinner. You, that, that sinful you was crucified with Christ. You are a new creation. You are a partaker of the divine nature of God. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the same exact Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And as you believe it, you will absolutely do the same, same works as Jesus and even greater works because it won't be you doing them. The Father in you, who loves you, who who was on the Christ on the cross in Christ because they were one, reconciling you to Himself, has chosen you, and you are the beloved. 
So Father, thank you. Thank you for this 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 broadcast today. Thank you for every listener. And thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to undo all of the deception and all of the false teachings that we have been taught so that we can detox from independence from God, so that we can detox from separation from God, and we can step into the reality of of what Jesus has accomplished. We can experience the new creation as a way of being. We can step into the fullness of what it means to be a son who lives in union with you, Father. And so I just ask Holy Spirit, and I know you're already doing it, but I just want to say yes and amen to what you're doing, which is renewing our minds, which is causing us to agree with the truth at a subconscious level, causing us to rise up in our true identity and to no longer relate to ourselves as a fallen mere human being. For us to really understand that that we, we are not related to Adam, we are related to Jesus Christ, that we have his DNA, we have his very essence, that we have been, we are included, we are encapsulated, we are immersed, we are commingled with Jesus. And there is nothing that we had to do for it to happen except just simply say, okay, that's amazing. Just believe it. And there's nothing that we have to do to manifest it except just be aware of it. Like the Apostle Paul, let our day-to-day life be completely immersed in the awareness of our in Christness, God, and let us go through every situation aware of your presence, aware of your power, aware of your grace, and let us move beyond mere human living. And I thank you that this is what you're already up to in the planet Holy Spirit, and that I just get to give voice to it and say, yes, 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 and amen. All right, you guys have a super, supernatural week. God bless you. Listen to this as many times as you need to, to get it so that you can experience it. All righty. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. God bless. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.